0: another edition of Solar Speaks. I'm managing editor Kathy Zipp. There's a lot that remains to be sorted out in the solar financing world, but did you know that there's an organization that's working to crack the code for financing distributed solar? The Solar Energy Finance Association, or CIFA, is based in California and was formed a few years ago by those from both the solar industry and capital markets. And it focuses on increasing capital flow to solar, especially in the rooftop residential and CNI markets. So we have Mary Rotman, president of CIFA, here today to give us some insight into today's solar financing market. So thanks for being here, Mary.
1: Thank you, Kathy. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. Now, I know that you did a Solar Speaks live interview at InterSolar last year, 2015, with our associate editor, Kelly Pickerel, and... This was at the time when we didn't know if the ITC was going to pass. So you had discussed some of the challenges there, including the fact that a few big financial players were tying up most of the industry equity due to the uncertainty. So now that the ITC has passed, I'm just wondering if you've seen that affect solar financing and if you're finally seeing maybe more financing players enter the market and providing that capital.
1: Well, first of all, I have to say, you know, the extension of the ITC really has helped the industry focus on its long-term future rather than its short-term goal of putting as many solar installations in before that deadline that they expected at the end of the year. That was really tough. We were talking at Intersolar, every developer, every tax equity person was scrambling to get as many projects lined up before that year end, and they were completely distracted about their business plan for the following years because they didn't know if they would really have enough financing to uh, meet their objectives. So with the extension of the ITC, it's just remarkable because they have a much more reasonable runway to plan their business activities to 2022. And from the companies I'm speaking with, almost all of them feel much more relaxed about having sufficient capital and the financing they need to meet their goals. Unfortunately, though, in the meantime, the tax equity market is about the same as what we were talking about in terms of the number of players. There's really still only about 25 to 30 tax equity investors that are really active, and a very small number of those are in the residential market. There has been a few inroads into tapping investors in the tax equity market that are corporate players, so corporations that have a tax appetite that hadn't in the past looked at renewable energy as a way to invest. Not a lot. It's not really in their core line of business, so it's it's a push for them. But we're seeing a few more, as well as high net worth individuals. Uh, The industry works with the family offices of the high net worth individuals that have passive income and are eligible to use ITC. So we have seen that. From SIA's perspective, because tax equity is expensive, because it is so restricted, we're looking at ways to reduce the overall cost of financing. And what we want to encourage is the use of more debt in the project cash flows and financing. That project debt is a lot less expensive than tax equity. And so we've got a project and initiative going on where we're looking at the opportunity to bring tax equity and debt into the same transaction. And typically these two parties have what we call a natural tension or friction, because they both want the same thing. They both want control over the system, over the cash flows to minimize their risk. They have different risk parameters. So what we're doing is we have a working group that's looking at what are those key risks and how do they really play out for each of those parties, and then coming up with mitigants or ways to reduce those risks that satisfy both parties equally. We think we'll be pretty successful at doing that and plan on publishing a report in the first quarter of 2017 that will lay some of those potential new ideas out for the industry.
0: Wonderful. I look forward to seeing that. Another important area I'd like to focus on is solar leasing. What, from your perspective, are you seeing in the solar leasing market right now?
1: The solar lease still continues to be one of the most important tools for deploying solar. It really has benefited both the developers and the customers in the residential market. It just is so convenient. For the most part, the customer has the obligation of putting almost no money down and usually is offered between ten and twenty percent savings from their current energy bill. They also like the idea that, for the most part, since the system is owned by the developer or the installer, they're not really responsible for maintenance or repairs if there's a problem. And in those early days of the rooftop solar systems, the install costs were so expensive that the lease was really the best way and did deploy a tremendous amount of capacity. The lease was really the reason for that. And it was a great way for the solar industry to really get those systems out there, now, because of all the improvements in the solar equipment, as well as the installation process, you're seeing a tremendous reduction in the install costs. It's actually since like 2011, it's a 63% reduction, which is really quite remarkable. And as a result of that, the solar system is a much more affordable item for a customer to buy. And some of the customers are looking at it that their payback is much more reasonable and the monthly payment on a loan to own the system is about the same as what they're paying now on their energy bill. This just wasn't the case when the lease was introduced. So we're seeing quite a growth in the solar loan market and as opposed to the lease. It's actually shifting where leases were about 80% of the resi market and now it's coming down to maybe 60%. could be a little less with solar loans growing where customers want to own that system on their rooftops. And really feel that they get 100% of the benefit of not only the ITC, but also the energy that's produced by that system. So at CIPA, we think this is really a great positive development, you know, because what it shows is the industry is evolving and being able to develop more products to meet the different needs and situations of their customers. And it really means that also there'll be more solar deployment. We focus on making sure that the different products in terms of financing to the customer, that they're kind of standardized, that they're easy for the customer to understand. And we promote best practices and adherence to, you know, all the regulations and laws around when you have a consumer product, uh, like a lease or a loan, because it's just very important that the industry, everyone have a positive experience. And it also helps keep like bad actors out that could put a a bad impression about solar. So we're very excited about these developments.
0: So you definitely see loans becoming more popular.
1: Yes, it's a direct function that solar systems now in terms of the install cost are much more affordable and the um, ownership is really attainable and economic to the customers. You'll still see both and PPAs as well, but the loan market is definitely growing.
0: What about in the commercial market? That's It's a very upcoming market, a lot of attention on it. What kind of financing mechanisms do you see working in the commercial scale projects in particular?
1: That is such a great question, because I think, as you're alluding to, the particularly the commercial, the small, the C&I market, as we call it, the commercial and industrial market, it has been the toughest nut to crack in terms of financing it's just so very difficult to make the economics work for a lender or an investor because you know commercial projects are all different they're very unique each one of them they have different locations they're different sizes they have different off takers the economics of the underlying owner of the rooftop is quite different so you know a lender or a, an investor has a hard time having the economies of scale deploying their resources to analyze the risk. So they tend to go to the larger projects or the more standardized residential rooftops. So this is an area that we spend a lot of time looking at and trying to facilitate. And the industry absolutely views this as the biggest untapped market because there are so many commercial rooftops. What we're seeing now coming into the industry to help a little bit, first of all, people want to tackle it, have a lot of different ways that companies are devising methodologies to help facilitate a more economic analysis. But also there's the deployment of warehouse financing. And this is a short-term financing that allows a developer to originate a number of projects, could be the commercial projects, over a period of time. The short-term financing allows them to originate and close them, get them operational. They've had a chance to plan and and try to streamline as much as possible the project's similarities. And then what they're looking for is a refinancing of that short-term operational debt into a long-term debt or securitization, which is, again, a lower cost of capital, but who can also benefit from seeing that the projects are already complete in operation. There's quite a bit of evidence that that is starting to happen, and that's very positive for the commercial market, as well as the residential, actually. But again, it is really the real challenge. And at CIFA, this is where we're focusing our attention, because if we can get the financial and the investing community better familiar with different ways that they can probably look at these different projects, and still have capacity to analyze them in an economic way, you will see the growth in that market in terms of better financing. They always get funded. They're good projects. They just have a harder time getting financiers interested, and size helps. So when they pool them, that starts to attract some of the larger, more sophisticated financing sources.
0: Yeah, hopefully we'll just continue to see that grow. I know during your interview with Kelly as well, you had mentioned that solar ownership with storage was the next frontier for solar financing. So in your opinion, have we started to enter that frontier?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. It's amazing what a year will do. It is definitely the next frontier. And in fact, there are two conferences. There's one conference right now going on in San Diego. There's another one, I believe, here in San Francisco in December, We are just seeing a rapid evolution, both of the technology of batteries, that's pretty much, it is literally driven by the car industry, the electric car industry that is evolving battery technology pretty rapidly, as well as the solar industry, because of the need to manage the variable nature of solar energy and wind. And there's also a pretty interesting changing landscape for net metering. So if you're looking behind the meter versus in front of the meter, all of these influences have come together and it is just a very rapidly evolving market and an essential market, I think, for the successful deployment of solar in the future. What's interesting is a lot of the developers, the different business models that people are trying to come up with to effectively deploy solar plus storage. Right now, battery technology is uh, too expensive. Just like solar was years ago, standalone solar systems, the battery technology itself is too expensive to make it economic for a homeowner particularly or even a business owner to buy batteries. Right now, that is being worked on from the finance point of view. Obviously, in that cost comes down, it will start to be a lot easier to have more ownership But what I see is a very similar path that storage plus solar is following to the just the rooftop solar, where initially we used leasing to make it a little bit more attainable. I believe solar plus storage, there'll be solutions for leasing and owning, maybe owning your system, leasing the batteries. These will all be different value chains for different kinds of financing. Batteries may be financed more like a typical lease on a short-term basis. The solar system, maybe someone will buy with a loan, a long-term loan. And people are working really diligently to figure that out. We're very excited because we think it really starts to address the whole picture of solar and solar energy and its interface with the grid. The financing techniques are there to finance equipment that have been around for a while and it's just a matter of rebranding them and redesigning them to fit the needs of the solar and the storage market very exciting time
0: definitely And, and like you said it's amazing how far we've come in a year and it's exciting to see where we'll be in another year so thank you very much again mary it's really been a pleasure speaking
1: with you thank you and i appreciate it it's been very fun
0: great well this has been another edition of solar speaks thanks for tuning in